Well, hi there once again. Uh, this is Dave Foreman with another episode of Whatever, a podcast that uh, some have referred to as a, uh, a waste of airspace. Uh, some have referred to it as a, a bandwidth gobbler. I prefer to think of it as incisive opinion on issues of today. If you listen to this show at all, you probably realize that uh, I'm very proud of my wife, Debbie, who writes uh, romance, mystery, adventure novels under the name DT Man. And uh, we're very excited that we've just uh, signed a deal with uh, Awe Sound, new platform, putting out uh, audiobooks. And the first audiobook from uh, DT Man is now out there. It's on the internet, and it's available under the uh, Awe Sound platform. That's A-W-E-S-O-U-N-D. And uh, it's twice rescued. Go to awesound, A-W-E-S-O-U-N-D, all one word, dot com, and look for DT Man, and you'll find the first in uh, the series of DT Man audience books that are coming out as soon as I get a voice back and start reading them again. <laughs> anyway, this is our special election edition where I get to give my opinions, which are somewhat valueless, on uh, what happened in the Canadian federal election. Now, I'm not going to tell you when it was, even though it was last night, and uh, this is broadcast, and you may hear it a couple of weeks after the election happened, but I'm going to give you the uh, the real skinny on what happened, why it happened, how it happened, and at that point I fell asleep, so I can't go much after that. Anyway, let's let's go through things one at a time. First of all, I want to say a, a real I want to give a real shout out to my computer. I'd like to kill it. It uh it keeps telling me uh, it's not responding. I I've never seen those words so often on a on a, a, a CRT screen in my life and there they are every time I boot a program. It's not responding. I think maybe I'll change my name to not responding. And uh well, <laughs> maybe that typifies the way I am anyway. My wife figures it is. Okay, so let's talk about the election, first of all. We had a, a real bunch of candidates. The one thing I'll say about this election is it, it the election itself was more exciting than the leaders' debate, which is a damn good thing because the debate was was an exercise in tedium, and um, it, it, it was really deadly. Okay, so let's start with the candidates one at a time. Let's talk about Elizabeth May first, the Green Party leader. She, as far as I'm concerned, was one of the most intelligent of the bunch running. Uh, unfortunately, she, uh, well, she got three times as many seats as she had last time, which brought her up to three, and, uh, and that was pretty exciting for her. I mean, a victory's a victory. What the heck? And she's been at it for a long time, and she's been tireless in her support, and her message has always been the same. So, uh, God love her. She keeps the, the pot boiling. And uh, although she didn't make big gains, uh, she made gains, which sets her apart from a lot of people, including our Prime Minister's party. But I'll get to him later. Next, we have uh, Maxime, uh, Maxime Bernier, uh, the People's Party. <laughs> the only trouble was that there weren't any people backing him up. Uh, the crowd at his uh, leader's uh, celebration went home in a taxi. And uh, I think that... Uh, his political future may be, I guess you could refer to it as somewhat in doubt. Um, 
he got no seats. He didn't get elected himself. Uh, so I guess he could sit up in the gallery with the touring high school kids and yell during question period and make himself obnoxious. But that's about all the effect he's going to have on the next uh, parliament. Not so the Bloc Québécois. I, I'm not even going to talk about him much because Quebec, I never really figured them as part of the Canadian election. Uh, they only have one real interest in mind, and that's Quebec. Now, does that mean that we aren't going to be able to get there without building a bridge across the hole to get to New Brunswick or something like that? I don't know. Uh, I thought the whole idea of, uh, of equalization payments was uh, to make the provinces all feel part of a unified country. Well, according to Quebec, they know how to spend the money. Just give it to us and, and we're good. And the funny thing is, I have a lot of friends in Quebec that are going to be really pissed off at the fact that the bloc got such a huge gain. They got up to, what was it, 32 seats or something. And uh, a lot of my friends in, in Quebec who live in rural areas depend for their livelihood on the tourist trade. And, of course, with the bloc bringing in the rules that I'm sure they're going to bring in, the unilingual rules and that sort of thing, that's uh, going to hurt the tourist trade. And I found the people in Quebec uh, aren't really that keen on being separatist. They are very keen on making a good, good living like the rest of us. They want the same things that we do. They want good health care. They want a good economy. And they don't necessarily, except for the few that want to break away from Canada. Why? I don't know. But there you have it, and uh, they want to call it the. Uh, they want to call him the Prime Minister of Quebec, the leader of the Quebec uh, Provincial Party. Uh, I don't know why he's got to be the Prime Minister of Quebec when all the other guys could be premiers of their provinces, but they maintain that Quebec is a sovereign nation and it's not a. Uh, it's not a. Um, hmm, I say this. It's 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 not a province. Uh, that's equivalent to being a colony as far, as far as they're concerned. Now, you got to remember this whole movement was started by an ex-boxer named Reggie Chartrand, who, although he wasn't a great boxer, was a great organizer. And uh, he organized a group called the Knights of Quebec, which eventually became the FLQ, or the Fédération de, the Front de Libération de Quebec. And um, they blew up mailboxes and, and actually, uh, they actually killed people. Uh, so... You know, it was it was pretty violent. I was I was just leaving Quebec around the time that uh, Pierre Laporte was uh, was taken and uh, James Cross, the English envoy to Canada, was kidnapped. Um, so it was it was pretty violent. And Pierre Trudeau uh, was the only one that I think would have had the nerve to do what he did. He hauled out the army, and we had tanks in the streets of Montreal. So that was quite an interesting time. But anyway, I'm getting off the topic. That has nothing to do with last night's election. However, that's uh, all I want to say about the Bloc Québécois. Uh, it's come a long way uh, since the last time, but it's had its ups and downs, and more more downs than ups, I think. Uh, okay, let's move on to Jagbeet Singh, who I really thought he had made some gains. I thought he was going to really bring the NDP back into some sort of respectability where they could they could be a really active voice, because um, there are a lot of people that are very strong. NDP supporters. And when you come to ideological things, uh, it's obvious that um, the emotion and the passion that runs with supporting a group like that is very, very, uh, runs very deep, let's say. 
well, he lost, uh, they lost half their seats. Uh, that couldn't have been a happy time, although they always try to make the best of it. You know, like the conservatives, for instance, said, well, we, uh, yeah, we lost the election, but we won the popular vote. Well, that and a buck and a half will get you a cup of coffee almost anywhere in town, you know. Uh, and also, you got to remember that the our federal government was elected by 21.6% of the total electorate. Of all the people that are eligible to vote in this country, 21% of them, just over a fifth, elected our prime minister and our federal government. They didn't get a majority, got a minority, but that means that uh, the NDP is going to have a lot to say in this next uh, this next session of parliament. And uh, also the Bloc Québécois might have a lot to say. It really depends on how uh, Mr. Trudeau does in his negotiations with those two parties. Forget the word coalition. That means a, that means a, a legitimate agreement where... Uh, where a government is actually formed as a coalition government. Well, that's not going to happen uh, because nobody wants another election because that's what's required if you form a coalition. So we'll, we'll just leave that alone. So so let's get let's get on now to um, to Mr. Uh, Andrew Shear, who uh, I was disappointed. I I have this feeling when Andrew speaks. But he's always got this kind of smile and looks like he's putting something over on us. Um, I think it's just an unfortunate manner. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe that's the way he is. I don't know. But it sure looks that way. Now, uh, you know, if you want to compliment him, uh, I guess you can because he picked up 20 seats. And, you know, that's a big improvement over the last time. Mr. Trudeau lost about 20. so that's. Uh, but he's still the party in power. So that, uh, and the conservatives have been successfully demonized by uh, by the liberals and anybody that's a, a little bit to the left of center. Uh, they demonized Stephen Harper. They've demonized everybody quite successfully because they say they're going to cut health care. They're going to kill all the babies. And they're going to, of course, you know, they're talking about extremes. Uh, Stephen Harper was not an extremist, despite what people want you to believe. But um, that's party politics. And uh, Sincerity, honesty, and, uh, and 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 high moral standards are not really applicable to politics today. My view on politics: I would rather see completely independent. I I don't like the party system because too many things are outside of the control of the voter. We vote for a guy to go to Ottawa and represent us, or a lady to go to Ottawa and represent us. And uh, when they get there, they get their marching orders from headquarters, and, and that's it. You know, what we sent them there for may not ever come into play. And I think every vote in the Commons should be a free vote. I don't think there should be such a thing as representatives having to vote along party lines. And they do, you know, because if they don't toe the line, they'll uh, not be in line for cushy jobs in cabinet portfolios, uh, higher paying jobs. Uh, sitting at the right hand of the prime minister, that kind of stuff. That won't be available to you if you decide to be a, a maverick and vote uh, on issues and vote in contrary position to the party in power. Okay, so that's uh, that's Mr. Uh, Mr. Shear, who um, I, I just don't know 
if he's the, the right guy, uh, if I did, of course, I would have a penthouse office in New York and a lineup outside the door of people dying to pay me high consulting fees for almost anything. However, a big, big surprise to me was Lisa Raitt getting kicked out of her writing. Uh, I thought that was incredible. Mind you, the guy who beat her, Adam Vancouver, in our, for our gold medal Olympiast, and I believe was kayaking, uh, he has a tremendous personality, and he looks like a very sincere guy. So the fact that um, that Lisa Raitt got beaten, it must have been a terrible shock to her because she was a deputy premier and uh, she was uh, in the Conservative Party and, and um, the deputy leader, I should say. And, uh, you know, just the whole idea of uh, losing your seat and <laughs> go on home and uh, spend some time with your family, and quote, uh, must have been a real shock to her. There were a lot of people uh, who who got a bit of a shock. Mind you, when you look at the results, many incumbents were re-elected. And that, that happens a lot. Once once a person gets ensconced in a community, uh, it's pretty hard to get rid of them unless they do something really stupid. Um, so what, what we have here is a conservative party that they're trying to make the best of it. They, the only thing they can say is they've got... Uh, they won the popular vote, which, as I say, means very, very little, except to people that are analyzing the election after the fact. They have um, picked up 20 seats, which is really important. Uh, but they've still got a long way to go before they form the government. It's still a conservative, uh, still a liberal government, even though it's a minority. And, you know, if you're like me, you're not too unhappy with a minority because minorities tend to get things done uh, a little bit more, shall we say, uh, democratically, because uh, you can't just railroad things f through when you have a minority government. I have to, if I'm the honcho, I have to uh, wander over to Mr. Singh's office and say, okay, uh, what's the NDP looking for these days? Because I got this uh, this deal I want to push through. And he's going to say th something like, well, you better not build that pipeline or you better tear that down. And he's going to say, well, I was only making a train tunnel out of it. It wasn't going to carry oil. Don't don't give it another thought. You know, and they're just as dishonest with each other as they are with us, so don't worry about that. But the the thing is, uh, he will have to come up with something to placate the, the NDP or the Bloc Quebecois, and I don't see him doing that because that wouldn't play well anywhere outside the uh, the uh, uh, borders of La Belle Provence. Uh, and uh, that's by itself, not quite enough to carry the country. When you put it with Ontario, it's pretty close. Uh, I can remember sitting in Winnipeg and waiting for the election to come on. When our polls closed, it was over <laughs> before the votes had even been counted for the prairies. Now, uh, speaking of the prairies, there's uh, an interesting thing uh, happening there because of the polarization of the country. Uh, the prairies are... Uh, in danger of having a really, really heavy-duty uh, right-wing backlash happen. Um, first of all, uh, they feel a bit downtrodden anyway, because for one thing, Alberta is always the villain with the, what they've called now the tar sands, which are really the oil sands. And um, I don't think there's ever been any tar taken out of those pits. But the, the fact remains that they, they're feeling very much on the outside looking in and, and when people start feeling like that, uh, revolution is not far away. So um, there could be some interesting times ahead. The uh, 
the specter of uh, Western separatism could rear its ugly head one more time, or maybe several more times. So that's what have we covered so far. Now, we've partially covered Mr. Trudeau, although I'd like to go back to him. Uh, we'd, uh, we've covered Mr. Scheer a little bit. And um, Maxime Bernier, well, he covered himself with glory and he's gone. Uh, Mr. Singh uh, lost a lot of his seats, but uh, he's still a, a very engaging person. So I'm kind of hoping his political future isn't out the window because uh, I'd like to see him in another election. Uh, also, uh, Elizabeth May, I don't know how long she's going to keep up the uh, keep up the fight for the Green Party. She's done a great job of, of bringing those issues forward. And uh, although I have my own views about uh, the carbon tax and things like that, I'm not going to get into those because that way lies uh, another podcast that could be a couple hours long, and we don't want that, none of us, including me. So... Uh, that's about it, uh, as far as everybody except our beloved Prime Minister goes. And I, I, I guess my my disappointment is when he get, stands up in front of people and says the Canadian, the Canadian people have given us an, a, a clear mandate. I, I don't quite see that losing twenty seats is a clear mandate for anything. In fact, going from a majority to a minority is usually looked on by pundits as being a a message saying, you better do better in the future because although we think you're the best alternative, uh, we're not crazy about what you did. So we, you better shape up. Or maybe next time the minority will be swinging the other way. So that's a quick rundown of uh, last night's election. It was uh, predictably boring. Uh, the stations rushed, uh, TV stations rushed to beat each other in calling the results, which uh, a lot of bloggers and Political junkies, uh, observers, uh, called several weeks ago that it would be a minority liberal government. Uh, even though uh, Mr. Trudeau tried to uh, tried to lose it with his uh, bungling of the ANC Lavalin affair, uh, which still bothers me tremendously because anybody that strong arms our uh, our Attorney General, uh, our our uh, head of the Justice Department in this country. Uh, to me, that's that's got a nasty ring to it. Um, okay, so uh, I think I think we're going to watch things in the future. The Liberals actually did something, and I'm going to quote a friend of mine because I think it's a brilliant observation, and I also think it's true that the Liberals always manage to convince a lot of NDP supporters that a vote for the NDP is actually going to split the Liberal vote so that the Conservatives will sneak by and win. And you know that nothing could be more horrible to an NDP supporter than a conservative government. So, so they, okay, you guys, you know, you better vote for us. We don't expect you to leave the NDP. We don't expect you to leave the new Democratic Party party. But um, we do expect you to vote for us this time. And keep those gosh darn conservatives out of there because you know what's going to happen to this country if they get involved. We're all going to be murdered in our beds is what's going to happen. So uh, we're going to lose all our money and uh, the country's going to go down the toilet. So that's the way that that has kind of been put forth. And, you know, the NDP has bought it over and over again. Uh, I, I guess it's a brilliant strategy because it works so well. And in the world of politics, whatever works is right. Uh, but I, I just can't get over how, how very easy it is to sway people 
just by scaring them about that bigly man on the right-hand side of the uh, political spectrum. And there's no question about it. I mean, they, the politicians pretty much all lie. I, I mean, well, maybe not lie, but maybe they they kind of bend the truth a little bit and, and don't carry through on some of their promises. I I recall that the GST was going to be eliminated. Uh, Preston Manning was a big disappointment to me when he went to Ottawa as a... Uh, as a pseudo-independent, was going to bring government back to the people. He wasn't going to go to ride around in limousines and live in uh, government housing like a, a, a rich man. Like, uh, Except the first thing he did when he got to Ottawa was move into Stornoway, which is the house reserved for the leader of the opposition, and ride around in limos. Uh, Brian Mulroney, uh, I was a big fan of his. He campaigned on small government, and when he got elected, he put in the biggest cabinet in the history of this country. Country, So uh, that was uh, kind of a swat in the face to uh, a lot of us who had thought that there was going to be a little bit of downsizing going on in Ottawa, and that maybe we'd get a little more fiscally responsible. However, that wasn't in the cards. Uh, I want to compliment the uh, the ladies who the women who ran for office, there were a lot more of them. It seemed to me that I saw a lot of uh, a lot more women uh, in tight races and in in uh, running for office than than I noticed before. I mean, maybe there weren't more, but it seems to me that there are. I I really think we're not far from getting our first uh, woman prime minister. However. Um, well, you can't count Kim Campbell because she was never really elected. She just kind of stepped in and filled the shoes while uh, while they found uh, John Turner, I believe it was. He had a nice little brief sojourn in Ottawa. Um, anyway, uh, I guess that'll about do it for uh, if you uh, if you bet on the election. I pity you. I don't think you, anybody should bet on politics or baseball. Uh, it's really you know I think your odds of winning at bingo or the horse races are far, far better. And uh, I want to thank you for being with me today and spending a little time with me, listening to my ranting and raving. I, you got to admit, I wasn't too, I wasn't too alt-right on this. I, I've been known to, to be a little conservative in my thinking and my fiscal ideas, but uh, this time I, I, I think it was pretty easy to be unbiased because I didn't really like any of them, if you want the truth. I went into that ballot box and I looked at the ballot. And while I do like the local representative I voted for, uh, I just thought, my gosh, I'm picking one of these leaders uh, is going to head up this country. And I'm, I'm not crazy about any of them. That's a terrible situation to be in. A lot of, a lot of young people are voting green, uh, even though it doesn't show up and translate into seats very well at the moment. But uh, like I say, they had three times as many this time as they had the last election. So, you never know. Uh, I kind of think that uh, I, I was very hopeful that there would be a few more independents elected, but we only got one. Um, so I guess that's uh, that my t my time of uh, wishing for uh, a House of Commons full of independent representatives is a long way off. Anyway, that's uh, that's about it from here. That's our podcast and our election analysis, such as it is. And I want to thank you for being with me, and I'll see you next time on whatever. This is Dave Fulman.